Petter Sand has many decades in the shipping industry, and today he is the chief analyst in the software company Sanita. In this episode, we discuss what's happening in the container markets today, how the shipping industry will evolve going forward, and Peter's best career advice for the next generation entering the shipping and maritime industry. Let's start the show. All opinions expressed by Christopher Vonheim or his guests on this podcast are only their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of BIN. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Christopher Vonheim as a specific reason to invest or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This episode is produced by William Fransen. You say you started your career in sort of like the dry bulk space and, and maybe the tankers, right? So do you feel like it's an advantage to have been through as many sectors as possible? Or do you feel like you can be the best dry bulk expert in the world and don't really care about anything about containers? Or do they ever, do you need that flexibility and understand the different segments? Because they're not the same, right? But you can learn a lot from each of them and combine that knowledge, right? That's very well put, uh, Christopher. I mean, uh, the uh, the ability basically to see the similarities as well as the differences, I think is, is key to understanding anything that goes on in, in, in the shipping market uh, from, uh, say, demand to drivers and dynamics to, uh, to geopolitical impacts. Uh, and they all affect in a different way. Uh, but I I'm a firm believer in the more you know about something, uh, the better you will be also to uh, so basically think uh, think about it and consider where where is this going uh, and i think that's the, the say the key ability for uh, for, for anyone that covers uh, say a lot of different sectors or one sector only uh, having uh, an idea of what comes next what should uh, those that follow you uh, get out of uh, say uh, hearing uh, your line of thoughts uh, on what comes next uh, be it uh, a, uh, well, currently right now, uh, when we are talking in, in end March, uh, the, uh, the Ukraine-Russia crisis is, of course, uh, uh, one of the things that catch everyone's attention and, and being able to also share some thoughts on what would the world look like in terms of, say, disruptions to global logistics if the U.S. were to put sanctions on China uh, for not following uh, the, the, the path and the road of, uh, of, of Western nations. I mean, that's a, well, it requires big thoughts and there are no straight answers to that. Uh, but, uh, but I think the ability to, to, to believe and imagine, uh, I guess that, what was that? Albert Einstein saying at some point in time that imagination is more important than knowledge. I believe in a firm combination of those. And, uh, and I, I trust basically that if you start perhaps a bit more simple in, in, in dry bulk uh, and then, then work your way uh, through uh, various sectors, uh, well, you can only take something away from, from that and, and benefit going forward because you also need, say, that information and, and that knowledge and that insights when you, uh, when you meet a lot of great people in, in the industry from, from, from time to time in various positions. And, and they may uh, actually also have moved from one sector to the other. So, uh, so there's always good stuff to take away from, from being, say, more of a, say, a generalist or, say, more of a specialist. That's very, very well put. But if we start broad in the container market, how do you summarize it? Because since there's so many factors at play, it's almost like hard to know where to start. But it's the simplest way to start is just to say that you have an importer, you have an exporter, and something in between needs to happen. 
But that something in between is massive. And it's so many factors at play at the same time. I think it's important just to uh, to uh, mention a few of uh, of the main actors in the market uh, up front. I mean, uh, in uh, in container shipping, uh, a lot of focus is of course on on, on the liner business uh, and the the carriers themselves, those that owns the asset that transport the goods. Uh, but uh, but naturally, at as the key customers are the shippers, those that uh, that basically transport uh, the goods and, and have that say uh, service requirement uh, to, uh, to to the carriers. Uh, and, and rightly uh, require uh, very sophisticated logistics, basically, uh, to carry out uh, their business, uh, because the uh, the service provider uh, from uh, from a shipping perspective here uh, is, is is the carriers trying to set up a an also quite complex network that combine all of the as as we discussed before all the various products that goes into one finalized product because a lot of the things that are moved in containers right now by many shippers on a global scale are intermediaries uh, that they are semi-finished goods uh, so uh, so you need basically uh, a lot of insights into your own business uh, before you can uh, procure freight like a pro and, and basically have that say inside of your own business uh, at, at the benefit also of, of, of the, the carrier of the liner company that can then optimize their logistics there. But I think also uh, a freight forwarder is, uh, is doing an excellent job in, in the market right now. And I think basically what, what comes out of two extraordinary years for container shipping right now, I mean, we had 10 years of, uh, say, gearing down uh, towards a different level of globalization. Well, imagine that we just had uh, two years of, uh, of uh, Windfall profits to uh, to to the carriers, uh, and they are of course seeking to put all of those money into uh, to to great investments. Uh, we saw already uh, towards uh, the end of last year some of that fifty billion US dollars being spent on new ships, uh, but uh, but having profits exceeding a hundred billion in combination. Uh, we certainly uh, see also a, a need for for those uh, carriers to uh, to uh, seize the opportunity that uh, that they uh, are eyeing in the market right now. So uh, so so buying up uh, other logistics providers, uh, adding uh, air cargo also to their offering, becoming more of a one stop shop for uh, global logistics, and and for sure. Some freight forwarders will feel the squeeze on this. Some small shippers will f- feel the force of, of being, say, offered one product only. That's the spot market. Uh, whereas uh, some shippers uh, may be able to actually make good use of this opportunity because the way I see it is that there's also an opportunity to take away from the shippers here. If they find out that they are unique or special or particularly strong on, on a few traits, they should, of course, make sure that they become the ship of choice also for the carriers and, and by that uh, still form solid partnerships for, for their business going forward. In addition, of course, to, to other trades where they may find themselves at the mercy of the spot market. Can we also just add on in that analysis how you would separate sort of like the big market trends and you have this like we had this growing in the feeder market, right? So is it also possible to just explain for people who are not that interested in shipping how this dynamic works? Because it seems like many people or some people saw so big opportunities that they actually also set up new routes and also use that as an advantage, right? I think the uh, the carriers of the world constantly optimize their global networks, and so do freight forwarders. Everyone else in in logistics uh, are trying constantly, of course, to solve the problems of their customers. Uh, 
so during the pandemic and, and during the most recent uh, disruptions uh, from uh, from the Ukraine uh, Russia crisis uh, and of course also the most recent uh, slew of lockdowns in in China everyone is trying to solve the problems uh, i mean from uh, from one perspective we have never seen such an appallingly low service level uh, by global carriers uh, but in all uh, fairness uh, they have also struggled to uh, to to keep up with uh, say uh, struggling uh, hinterland connectivity in main ports and uh, say for truck drivers licenses uh, i mean covid licenses uh, can they uh, crisscross a country uh, like they used to or, or are they basically prohibited uh, from uh, from from carrying out the the business that that, that they once did, uh, so uh, so in many ways, I mean, um, the first mile of any say product uh, from end to end is 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 equally important to to the uh, the last mile. Uh, often um, in businesses, you talk about the last mile because that's that's basically uh, happening in in in, uh, in Northern America and, and Western Europe, uh, but the first mile in in, in uh, China, in Far Eastern Asian uh, manufacturing hubs, Korea, Japan, of course, is at least as important uh, to to uh, to to make sure that uh, that the goods are moved in and out, uh, semi finished one way, finished the other way, and, and and then of course to the super efficient ports before they travel around the globe. Uh, so I think it's also fair to uh, to access that. Uh, that uh, the world had never seen, uh, say, such uh, so many boxes being uh, transported on a global scale, uh, and that's of course why uh, obstacles and, and, and problems also occurred, uh, especially uh, during times of crisis like like we have seen recently. If you take the lenses of like a ship owner, and if you have this like supply chain chain shock that so many people read about, like, what's the incentive for ship owners to try to solve that right because if they have been in a market where you know the rates have been pretty low finally they're cashing in so much money and their ships needs payments right so maybe it's not so easy for people outside of shipping to understand but it to really understand the incentives at the different actors is really key to understand what's going to happen in the shipping market right because there's a lot of interest at play at the same time, but it doesn't mean that everyone has the same interest of mind. No, I I think that's that's a you can say the flip side of the coin for for the uh, the liner industry right now that that all of a sudden this is uh, this is mainstream and media news. It used to be industry news uh, three years ago when uh, when the carriers were delivering uh, high schedule reliability at super low cost. Uh, but uh, but around came uh, the ever given blockage of Suez Canal approximately a year ago. Uh, we saw uh, also from from the US uh, in uh, only in January seven point nine percent of inflation, uh, the highest in four decades. And shipping having record high freight rates are of course to blame for this. At least the ignorance would say. Uh, sorry for for putting it out there because obviously higher. Transportation cost is not the core reason behind higher inflation anywhere. But realizing that the, that the spot markets today are ten times higher than they than they once was, of course there is a spillover effect. But uh, but it's it's second for sure, uh, if not third or fourth to to that of the economic stimulus provided left, right, and center to to bring uh, say global economies uh, fast away from uh, from the immediate impacts of uh, of covid uh, so so liner incentives uh, are still for sure uh, to to make sure that uh, that their, their ships 
are uh, full when they sail. They spent 10 years cutting uh, the unit cost of transporting uh, cargo from, uh, from, from A to B. And that's why you also see that uh, once the, uh, say, freight rates uh, went up uh, in, uh, in the mid of 2020, um, that was instantly finding its way to, to, to the very, uh, say, bottom line of, of any one of these, these liners. Naturally, two years uh, into the pandemic plus, you might say, uh, the price also of, uh, say, higher, uh, say, chartering in new ships uh, have, of course, uh, gone up. Uh, we see uh, super high charter rates uh, also being paid by, by global carriers. So, so it, it dents, of course, a, a bit of the profits also distributing some to, uh, to those that are uh, pure tonnage providers uh, in the world, those that were on the brink of bankruptcy uh, only two years ago when, uh, when, when they saw their market completely evaporate in, in, in front of them. Uh, but let's for, uh, say fast forward to, to, to what are on the minds of the carriers right now. I mean, the customers are on the minds of their carriers. Um, and, and they, of course, need also to make quite a significant business decision. Should we focus only on the ocean part of shipping? Should we also offer our clients, say, more integrated logistics, uh, like becoming a full service provider? It's a split decision in the industry. Uh, how would you like to spend your money? And it, of course, also originates from the fact that this is a very competitive market, but it's also a competitive market where state-owned entities are fighting privately held uh, entities. Uh, so there are no straightforward solutions on what to do with uh, with uh, with uh, any, say, liner company out there. But I think it's fair to say that they would all like to bring on board the must-have clients. Uh, so the biggest shippers of the world right now uh, must feel in a special place, even though it is a seller's market in terms of the freight rates. They are also capable of, uh, say, uh, bringing demands to the negotiation table when the carriers flock around their many boxes that they would like to, 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 to add onto their services uh, so, uh, so they can still benefit from, uh, from selling that extra space to the smaller customers in the spot market. So um, it's complex and, and yet so simple. Super interesting. I just also wanted to ask you about the, uh, if, if we take the consolidation piece, right, it seems like in containers, let's keep it simple, that it seems like the market is going in a direction where it seems like you only need four companies in the world in containers, in the big containers, right? So can you just explain the dynamics of why we have three, four companies that are bigger than everyone else? Because in some industries, you don't get that, while in other industries, you get that consolidation for many different reasons, right? So, but is, is this going to play out that you only need Mashk and two other companies and that's enough? Or should it be more spread evenly? I think uh, container shipping is for sure the most consolidated of, of any shipping sector. Uh, but having said that, they are still in fierce competition. I know that uh, that there is an argument, of course, whether that uh, is uh, is not the case, since they are, uh, say, uh, block exempted in Europe uh, from uh, from uh, the normal competition authority uh, and and rules. So so they can uh, they can basically act. You cannot say they can act as one. Uh, they still act individually, but they operate under various alliances. Uh, you may know the three main alliances of, of the world uh, that, uh, that that basically covers more than 80% of, uh, of, uh, of the goods being transported, but they are uh, made up uh, by, by more than 10 different companies uh, pooling their, you can say their offered services, but making use of their various 
ships on those services. It's very much like you and I buying a ticket uh, around the world, for instance, uh, on uh, on an airplane. Uh, it's easy for you as a, as a customer to, uh, to to get around because the uh, company that you uh, initially uh, get in touch with do have partners that they work with to bring you around the globe, and it's exactly the same thing. So uh, so if we were to see uh, a world without the alliances, and I think uh, well the risk is always there. Uh, the um, especially the American politicians uh, are heavily impacted now by by some uh, Shiba's uh, lobby uh, organizations that have cried foul over especially the lack of uh, say exportabilities from America. Uh, so so there is a uh, a probe into uh, to uh, the uh, say uh, the abuse of market power by the alliance serving us right now and i think that's the most say critical regulatory risk for for, for the carriers uh, but from from a from a shipper perspective i don't think they exactly uh, feel the same as uh, as uh, as the regulators in, in this case they just want say the best possible service at the right price um, and uh, and be it uh, a very consolidated uh, industry be it uh, one that uh, is you cannot say. Uh, I think control is like a like a legal term for competition authorities, but but they operate within three alliances, and then we have a lot of say special uh, say extra independent companies that also operate. And I think it's actually, if I may bring around the example of the Trans Pacific Trade Lane right now, where the uh, the lion's share of American imports basically uh, come from. Uh, there's an equal share of independent providers of of of, uh, of liner services on the Trans-Pacific, uh, as as there is to to the alliances uh, on on that trade, and that has of course uh, been uh, been uh, uh, say it has come around due to uh, to the spectacular demand in to uh, to to US one that that the uh, the, the big alliances basically. Uh, uh, could not uh, say satisfy. So, so there's plenty of room uh, for those uh, independent operators also. Uh, so, uh, so I think you uh, you um, you must be uh, also wise enough to understand what is it that the uh, the alliances uh, bring around. What is it that consolidated companies bring around? Uh, but but getting back to it, I guess where you started, Christian uh, Christopher, uh, can uh, can can we see only three mega companies uh, service the world? No, we cannot. Uh, they they all hold their say special part of the world as their uh, area of expertise, and they need global partners to deliver a, a service uh, offering uh, to to global shippers also. Uh, and and they uh, there are no other uh, say uh, good alternatives in, in in my view to to the alliances that you see right now. If uh, if you are to expect. A top-notch service system, uh, great. Uh, hopefully, also soon for the shippers. Lower freight rates, of course, uh, but uh, but 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 go to places that uh, that are easy to use uh, because, in all fairness, global logistics are set up to uh, connect a seller in one end of the world and a buyer in another end of the world in as seamlessly fashion as possible. So uh, so be careful what you do in the regulators. Uh, uh, F- Part of the field here, uh, make sure that uh, that, uh, that those businesses that require uh, the, uh, the ability to trade on a global scale can do so uh, as easy as possible. There's been so much hype regarding you know self-driving cars, and of course that's super dangerous because you have to to make a softer decision: should you hit this cat or should you hit this 
a child, right? So there's so, so many complex issues you have to, to take on. And the same in airlines, right? I don't think people would love to have an AI uh, bot fly them over the world, right? But in shipping, it seems like maybe that's the most easiest scenario to imagine that you don't really need people on board vessels because maybe containers don't have feelings, right? Maybe they don't, don't, don't bother if who's, who's taking them uh, over the, the ocean. So do you feel like shipping is the one industry that you can see almost like self, like just a software service taking them back and forth? Well, the containers themselves may not have feelings, uh, but I guess the, uh, the, the shippers with cargo on board uh, surely uh, feel the need for, for having uh, uh, the best possible transportation done uh, when uh, when the value of the ship and the cargo exceeds four or five billion US uh, for for just one of the big ships, uh, and and whether the best solution is to have uh, like a uh, a uh, fully autonomous uh, ship uh, transporting uh, your goods from A to B, or that uh, a uh, uh, well trained captain and his crew is is the best one. Um, I think we will see, uh, say, more uh, digital assistance to, uh, to to the global logistics uh, going forward. Uh, I still think we are some way from from having, uh, say, fully autonomous ships on on main trades. Uh, having said that, uh, we 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 have one, and uh, well, I'm not in Norway right now. You're from Norway, but I guess we have a, we have a hydro uh, setting up that. Uh, Yara Birgeland uh, vessel, which is uh, which is a fully autonomous one, to to the extent of my knowledge. Uh, so 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 it is capable. The American Army, uh, the American Navy have uh, been doing that for 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 ages, and I guess we know all about drones. So the technology is there, uh, but uh, but right now, from a regulatory perspective, the IMO is looking into what needs to change in order to progress this uh, going forward, because there is something to take away from this. Not necessarily in terms of bringing down cost, which is often the driver behind implementing a new technology, because uh, the, the crew on board the, the ships are not the most expensive part of, uh, of uh, the, uh, the voyage. That's still the bunker fuels and, and, and the price of, uh, of oil. Uh, so I guess uh, most of the technology-driven initiatives should focus on, on bringing down uh, the bunker fuel uh, consumption and, of course, also the emissions. And then later, perhaps, uh, find out where should we set up, say, smart logistics, where we integrate uh, fully autonomous ships uh, that, uh, that basically just dock themselves. And, uh, and super smart uh, containers that also find their own way uh, from uh, from where they are produced and, and, and filled uh, to to where they uh, they they see their end uh, destination at a, at a warehouse in Spain, for instance. Um, so uh, a lot of interesting uh, initiatives. I tend to follow those as, as much as I can because I think it's it's super interesting. Uh, but uh, but it's also I mean, we're, we're still many years away uh, from having a, a fully autonomous fleet uh, serving uh, global needs uh, in, in the liner shipping industry. If you like this episode and the content we create, please make sure to check out our newsletter called The Bin Letter. More information is in the show notes. If you want to watch this episode as well, please head over to our YouTube channel and make sure to subscribe to the channel. This episode was produced by William Fransen.